Let's go from talking weather with Pat Pagano to talking weather and politics and other things with a former Wyndham resident, newly elected state senator in Minnesota. It's Rob Kupak. Yes, you know Aaron Kupak, familiar voice here at WILI. This is Aaron's brother, Rob, who joins us this morning from the great north in Minnesota. Senator, good morning. Do you like having that title? I'm still getting used to that title. <laughs> All right, so give me the timeline here. You left Romantic Willimantic. You went out to Minnesota, and you were a very popular TV meteorologist. What spawned you and your interest in politics? You know, I've always had, you know, an interest in politics. Um, you know, I had a couple of parents that were always kind of talking politics and and then, um, you know, I kind of dabbled behind the scenes as much as my job would allow me to. And then uh, this spring, our current state senator, uh, very late in the game, decided that he was not going to run for reelection. And nobody was really stepping up um, on the Democratic Party side to run for his seat. And so some local party people uh, approached me and said, Hey, you know, you've dabbled in the politics. You uh, you've got some name recognition. Would you consider running for this? And and kind of things just aligned with my my personal life and political life. And I thought, sure, I'm going to give it a try. Ah, uh, but it's not just the Democratic Party, Rob. It's the DFL. What is the DFL? Right. So we are Minnesota is one of the few states that is not called the Democratic Party. We are the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Uh, because sometime, I think it was back in the 1940s, there was a Farmer Labor Party, and then they merged with the Democrats. So we are the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Uh, across the river from me is North Dakota. They are also, they're the Democratic NPL. They're the Democratic Nonpartisan League. So uh, we live in an area where the Democratic Party has uh, a different name than the rest of the country. So what was your campaign? What were some of the key elements that you think got you elected as a state senator in Minnesota? You know, I think part of it was just doing the work. Uh, you know, I went out and I just did it the old-fashioned way, and I knocked a lot of doors. Uh, I certainly think being, you know, a TV meteorologist for 20 years, I had some name recognition and, you know, some goodwill there. But, you know, mainly I talked a lot about I talked about a lot about education. I talked a lot about health care. Uh, and I would talk a lot about, you know, the, the climate and environment, being a meteorologist. And then, you know, the certainly uh, when the Supreme Court decision came out in the summer, there were there were a lot of women who were very angry about the that that decision in the summer. And so abortion became, you know, somewhat of an issue, too, in the campaign. What's it like when a guy that did TV weather for 20 years knocks on someone's door as a candidate? You talked about the the facial recognition. They had to know you. But is there a point before you start talking political issues, you start talking about today's weather? Yeah, it's always it's always an easy segue. And there would be those people who didn't realize you were running for office. And you'd be like, they'd be like, why is the weatherman on my doorstep? And I always said, I would always kind of joke with them. I say, oh, this is our new our new program. It's called our doorstep forecast. And I'm going to show up every day on your doorstep uh, and personally hand you the weather. So th- that was always fun. But the best one was I was in knocking in an apartment building and the doors are kind of really thin. And so you can always hear kind of what's going on on the other side. And just as I'm about to knock, this guy starts yelling. And he's yelling at the television. And he's yelling, why are you showing the wind chill map when it's still going to be in the 40s? Wind chill doesn't matter when it's still in the 40s. 
And I thought, oh, this is going to be really funny now because I'm about to knock on this guy's door. And sure enough, he opened the door and he's like, and Rob Kupak. And I said, yes, and I hear you. And you're exactly right. <laughs> so you guys agreed on that topic. You know, you touched on the fact that your parents were both politically active when you were living here in Wyndham. So when you were going to school, both, let's say, middle, let's say, high school, let's say, college, did you run for office? Were you like class president back in the school days? I was not. I never ran. I never ran for any of those class offices. But I remember, you know, we would do we would do like class elections. I was part of that, um, uh, you know, like student in government day when I was in middle school. Uh, I think I got to be, uh, I got to be, you know, like a, a town council person for a day. Um, so it was always, you know, it was always a lot of fun. I can remember, I can remember too, as a kid, Sam Gageson showing up, uh, you know, door in our house. Did it give you like hot pads? He, that, that was one of his things. He would give out hot pads. You could, you know, use them to open your stove up and it's got the Sam logo on it. Yes, and I know. And I was like, wow, if I had that kind of money, I would invest in something kitschy like that. I do. I, we always had a collection of Sam Gadenson uh, potholders. Well, I get the feeling, Rob, that you liked the going around door to door, knocking on doors, talking about issues and the like. But what about the other important role of a politician in general? you got to raise money. What was that like? That's awful. That is absolutely the worst part about running for office. Yes, is you know calling people, asking for money uh, is absolutely the most awful thing uh, to do. That part I did not enjoy at all. So how do you do it? Uh, you know, you just kind of have to, to to suck it up, and it's just a weird conversation. You know, the, you know, I did it with an I did it with an email and a letter. Uh, you know, kind of to, to friends and family. And, you know, the letter part isn't quite as bad, uh, but it is. There is those times you just you make a call and you're just, you know, hi, this is me. You know, I'm running and I'm in a tight race. I could use your support and you have a few extra dollars. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Covenant Soup Kitchen is an important, a vital part of our community here. And just to connect the dots here, that in the formative years of the Covenant Soup Kitchen, your mom, Jean, who I knew very well back in the day, she was the one that ran the Covenant Soup Kitchen. So you talked about being them being political active, her and your dad. Just to talk a bit more about the role they played in your formative years. Sure. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think they were great examples of reasons, you know, to give back. They both started as teachers originally. Uh, and I think, you know, people who are teachers, you know, they're giving back to their community every day. And then, yeah, my mom ran the soup kitchen for years. And, you know, you would see, um, you know, that was a place where, where people who were, who were at times living on the margins, um, that they could come and they could get a hot meal. And it was beyond that, though. It was, it was helping them with, with social problems and, you know, where they could find help. And, you know, that in that, to me, too, is is a big role of a politician is taking those phone calls. And even if you don't have the answer, maybe you know somebody who does have the answer and you can direct them towards someplace where, where they can get their problem solved. All right, Rob, I think you're going to see where I'm going with this. But do you have any plans to compete on Jeopardy? <laughs> do I have any plans to compete on Jeopardy? No, I do not. I am terrible at Jeopardy. My wife and I used to play Jeopardy together. We'd sit and watch, and she would always kill me. So maybe my wife should go on Jeopardy. Well, I watch it every night, and uh, in case you missed the memo, there was a meteorologist with the National Weather Service office in Minnesota, Chahassan, Minnesota, 
Eric Ahasik, who won six games in a row. He was in the Tournament of Champions. He lost by $2 with a question about Watergate he didn't know. So are you at all aware of, A, the fact that this guy did so well, and, B, he is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. I wonder if you guys ever crossed paths. I have not. I, so my, I am, uh, because I'm up on the border of North Dakota, uh, the Weather Service I, office I always dealt with was Grand Forks. So I did not have much interaction uh, they're down in the Twin Cities. I will tell you that I am not the only meteorologist elected to the state Senate this year. Yeah, speaking of weather people, there's two weather people, and one of which people around here might have seen when she worked on the Weather Channel. Do tell. Yeah, so Nicole Mitchell uh, is from the—actually, she is originally from this area, uh, but she now lives on the in the eastern part of the state. So she's over on the border with Wisconsin, whereas I'm on the border with North Dakota. And she, too, uh, was elected to the state Senate. She actually is a colonel in the Air Guard, and at one time she flew with the Hurricane Hunters. So uh, she's an incredible uh, person, too. So we're going to have two of us uh, hopefully guiding some uh, issues of climate change through the state legislature. So what is your position on climate change? Some people call it a hoax. And what can you, as a state senator and also, Ms. Mitchell do as well to try to pass some agendas to combat climate change. Yeah, well, like, you know, we I every day in my, you know, in my job, I can tell you and, and see locally and nationally uh, where things are being in weather is being impacted by climate change. I see our growing season uh, expanding both, you know, particularly in the fall, but also in the spring getting longer. I see our our cold, cold winter nights that we have here in Minnesota becoming fewer and fewer uh, in the winter. So, so I think I at least I bring a knowledge of the evidence of it. I think our governor has a pretty ambitious proposal to be, you know, carbon-free uh, energy production by 2040. I think those are the areas we need to move in. Transportation uh, is one of our biggest polluters and uh, biggest source of greenhouse gases right now. So I think those are areas we need to to work towards electrifying. And that's going to be tough to try to go carbon neutral and to get all the power we need out of the grid uh, to electrify our transportation system. So I think there's a lot of work there. But I think I just going to be able to and Nicole will bring, uh, you know, kind of the background uh, of knowledge because I've heard some things sometimes said in the legislature that are just completely bonkers. Yeah, talk about that a little bit more, because there's so much misinformation out there. And I would think that with your background in meteorology and Nicole's background, that should be a way to at least help spread the message of good information. Great. You know, there was so not long after I announced I was running, our local representative, she was on the House floor and I was at work and she was texting me and, and they were having a debate about climate change. And they said, you know, in our area, they said, you can't do wind production in our area because it's too windy. And I'm like, well, that's not true. We have wind turbines all over the place here, and we're not even the windiest place around uh, <laughs> exactly in the Red River Valley. Or they had things about how, well, solar solar won't work in the wintertime. And I'm like, solar works great in the wintertime. It's actually one of our sunniest parts of the year uh, when we get into later winter here. And, you know, solar doesn't work on cloudy days. Just just things like that that are just just completely not true uh, and that a scientist could at least bring a little background to and straighten people out. The FCC rules are interesting because when you became an announced candidate, you could no longer do the TV weather in Minnesota. Tell me about that process and how it works and also about all the paperwork you have to file. 
Yeah, the, the paperwork is actually not, uh, for a state office, is not terrible. Basically, you just go in and fill out a little form and you give them 100 bucks for the state Senate and you're on the ballot. Uh, so, so that part was easy. Um, the FCC rules, technically, I could still be on television uh, running, but my opponent, if they wanted to, could then ask for equal time. Oh, so your opponent have to go on TV and do the weather? No, they wouldn't have. That's the thing. They wouldn't have to go on and do the weather, you know, and, and weather segments are really long in the Midwest. I have three and a half minutes as my main weather segment, plus some other shorter ones. And so, you know, all of those minutes, they could go on and just talk about whatever they wanted to. And of course, uh, the television station was not at all interested in giving away their airtime for free. Do you want to eventually at some point when your political career is in the rearview mirror, get back on television as a weather forecaster? So, uh, strangely, a, a new job fell into my lap this summer. Um, an insurance company out here, they do crop insurance, and they wanted to get a meteorologist on staff. So, once a week, I make weather videos that go out to their climate, their, their clients, and, um, you know, I do some other work for them behind the scenes, uh, you know, just looking at data. But uh, I feel like that once a week doing those videos kind of, fills my fix for, for being on TV <laughs> without all the hassle of being on TV. <laughs> what do you hear about the beekeeping industry right now? Because what I've heard in the last couple of years, maybe more than a couple of years, is that a lot of bees in private hives are passing away. They're dying. Yeah, they are. And it's, um, you know, so yeah, just so we do we do insurance, too, for, for beekeepers. North Dakota is the largest honey-producing state in the nation. Uh, people who even live in North Dakota don't realize that. So the commercial honey industry is more what we're focused on. Uh, and, yeah, it's uh, hive die-off is a huge problem. Um, I've been to a couple of conventions. There's a lot of people working on uh, medications and all to, to make sure those hives thrive. A lot of it is, you know, is pesticides. So uh, it's funny. We have a lot of bees in North Dakota. We don't have any around us. For commercial purposes, because you know we do so much corn and soybeans, and the pesticides are terrible for the bee for the bees there. So most of the bee production is west of us. All right. So you're a meteorologist for an insurance company, and you've been at a beekeeping convention. And I'm wondering why an insurance company needs a meteorologist. Apparently, the temperature, the weather affects the bees. You know what it is? It is the there is an insurance policy they sell for rainfall accounts, and the, what happens is is the rainfall comes in under a certain amount. Um, it's dry, therefore you don't have as many flowers, you don't have as much honey production, and so it's kind of a, a hedge against that dry weather. And then the government will pay out. So what I've been doing is I try to look into the crystal ball of 2023, the weather pattern that I see setting up, and then I look at these intervals of when I think it will be the driest, and those would be the months you would want to insure uh, against you know lack of rain. So newly elected for District 4 in the Moorhead, Detroit Lakes area of western Minnesota. What's the timetable now? Have you been sworn in yet? No, I get sworn in on January 3rd. I will tell you that since Election Day, it has been almost uh, nonstop meetings with people, uh, people who, you know, particularly in my district, because I'm three and a half hours away from the Capitol, they want to catch you before you're, you're off to St. Paul for five months. Uh, so it's been a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings with, uh, you know, other senators, too. 
Are there committees that you are interested in being on? How does that work? Do you apply for it or do they just appoint you to a committee, whether or not that's your area of expertise? Basically, they gave us, you know, here are the list of committees. What are your top choices? So we had to list seven of them. I'm on four committees. So I'm going to be the vice chair of the agriculture committee, which is really good for my district. I'm on the higher ed committee. We do have uh, several colleges in my district. So that is also uh, good. I'll be on the labor committee and then the health and human services committee. Have you had to deal with lobbyists yet? And how do you anticipate that working out once you actually are sworn in? Yes, the lobbyists have been calling me, uh, and, and I've already had heard stories about here's how you avoid lobbyists you don't want to talk to <laughs> when you're trying to move through the Capitol building. So, yes, but, you know, on one hand, yes, there are some times that, that, you know, it's just a lot. Of, they just want to say that they talk to you. And on other times, they do bring valuable information uh, to the table that that it's good to be aware of. Well, Rob, congratulations on being elected to the state Senate in Minnesota after your 20-year career as a TV meteorologist and, of course, your background here in Romantic Willimantic. Great talking to you. Great catching up with you once again. And lastly, what's the weather forecast today for the Moorhead, Detroit Lakes area of western Minnesota? We are actually maybe going to get above freezing here as well. We're maybe get up to about 32. It uh, should be kind of partly cloudy. We had 192 hours last week below zero so we're happy it'll feel like a heat wave today how much snow do you get out there uh you know we don't get it it comes in dribs and drabs but it just never melts because it's so cold so we've got about a foot of snow on the ground and the ground has been uh white now for oh for about three or four weeks well i think of the movie fargo and that those long flat plains with the snow on them that's kind of my image of your part of the state this time of the year yeah, that's once you get out of sight of town, that is fairly accurate. <laughs> well, Rob, congratulations again, and thank you for joining me today. Sure. Anytime, Wayne. It's great to talk to you. There he is, the newly elected state senator in Minnesota, Rob Kupak from Wyndham on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.